Hello and welcome to another episode of 6060. In this episode, we are going to be putting on our Berean caps and cross-analyzing a sermon from Stephen Furtick. This one's going to be broken up into about three parts because the conversation itself um, is quite in-depth and quite long. Um, so this one is just going to be a laying of the foundation, preliminary-wise, and then the next one will kick straight off into the sermon. Um, I won't leave you waiting too long for that, but I think everything that is laid out in this gives you a good idea of who we're talking about, the things that we're going to be looking into and um, looking out for, and what we can gain from this review. So without any further ado, let's hop straight on into this one. Yeah. Um, so yes. So thank you guys for seeing out to this summer review. It should be interesting um, because it's not just me doing it this time. Uh, but for this session, uh, we are going to be doing a summer review of Stephen Furtick. Uh, those who are listening will probably know something about him, specifically those who are a lot younger than us. Um, he's a um, preacher, teacher, um, does like some music stuff in the mega church um, called Elevation Church, which is based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it was founded by Furtick in 2006 with just 14 members. The church has grown um, to a weekly attendance of over 27,000 as of 2019. The stated purpose of this church is that people far from God will be raised to life in Christ. From the refrigerator website, besides being a pastor, Fertig is a songwriter and a best-selling author. Uh, Stephen Fertig is a talented performer and a personable, charismatic speaker. Under his leadership, Elevation Church has grown into one of, ten, one of the 10 largest churches in America as of 2020. The church now has at least 21 campuses in the United States and Canada and a growing international outreach through television and online. Vertic and Elevation Church have done much good in the world. They have, they have donated nearly 100 million to charitable causes around the world in partnership with the city of Charlotte. Elevation Church um, has, has donated uh, 750,000 dollars and a hundred thousand hours of service to community projects such as mentoring in public schools organizing blood drives feeding the homeless and building soccer fields expanding the local free clinic etc etc doctrinally elevation church is evangelical and their our beliefs page on their official website posts a complete set of accurate christian teachings stephen furtick has a master's degree from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and for the most part, his teaching is in sync with that background. But there are some problems. For example, one serious doctoral error came from his um, in a sermon titled It Works Both Ways, delivered in um, a while ago, um, 20, 26th of July, 2015, in which Fertig claimed that God broke the law for love I say it to every sinner, God brought the law for love. The law, um, oh, yeah, he quoted, yes, a quote, God brought the law up for love. I say it to every sinner, God brought the law for love, unquote. 
the law to which Fertig alludes to his Old Testament law of God. He, uh, his point being that God loves us so much that in order to save us, he broke his own law. Not only is that um, illogical, how could God become a lawbreaker to save lawbreakers, but it is also unbiblical. For God to break the law, which is perfect, uh, would be for him to become a sinner. Scripture says that Christ came to save us by fulfilling the law, not breaking it. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Jesus said, I have come to abolish. I've not come to abolish them, but I've come to fulfill them. And that's from Matthew 5, verse 17, Luke 24, verse 44, and Romans 3, verse 31. Fertig also strays dangerously near the prosperity uh, the, near the false prosperity gospel he has shared the stage with joel osteen td jakes brian and bobby houston joyce mayer whom vertic calls the greatest bible teacher alive today and that was in 2012 uh, and others vertic's own bible teaching relies on relies heavily on pop psychology uh, psychology um motivational platitudes and feel good directions for building one's self-esteem and there's a bunch of quotes here, like the reason why we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everybody else's highlight reel. If you want to change your direction in life, you have to um, change the decorations of your lips. You can't fulfill your calling in your comfort zone. Many people never reach greater because they don't feel, they don't leave good enough behind. And tomorrow's excuses, uh, today's excuses are tomorrow's regrets dressed in disguise. Uh, by any worldly measure, Stephen Fertig is successful. Um, he has a net worth of 55 million as of last year. He lives in a 16,000 square foot mansion situated in 19 um, acres of wood, wooded land, valued at approximately $1.7 million in 2013. Uh, Fertig says his home was a gift from God um, and has downplayed its worth, saying it's not, it's not that great of a house. Um, some critics of Fertig charge that rather than making disciples of Christ, Fertig is making fans of himself and that Elevation Church is guilty of elevating Fertig and fostering a cult of celebrity. Also, um, Fertig's promotion of spontaneous baptisms has come under scrutiny and there's evidence that, of some decisions that the church has made in regards to calling the baptisms um, the orc um, that the orchid, the baptism, some of the baptisms were orchestrated and not so spontaneous after an investigation went in to say that they had 15 people who were um, set aside to walk down the aisles in a very thoughtful and um, prayerful manner to call a God those who were going to those services to do the same. Um, he's also uh, guilty and saying some questionable things, forging unwise alliances with that model doctrine, possibly promoting show over substance. But if Fertig's audience regularly is regularly hearing the gospel of um, God's grace, salvation is by faith, not by works, um, paid in full by the blood of Christ, then for that we would be grateful. Um, we praise, well, yeah, because this is something that's pulled from God's question. So I thought it might be good to, to share that first so you can get an idea of the sort of person that we're working with. Um, he, yeah, like it says, he, hide, he holds people like, um, Joel Osteen, um, T.D. Jakes, um, and all these other people who we scrutinize due to similar things um, in um, 
he holds him in high favor. I think Joel Alston is and TDJ are the two that he idolizes and wants to be more like. Um, and it's interesting because he didn't start off this way. Um, he was very level-headed. He was very expositional with his stuff. But then as time has gone on, he has drifted more and more towards this um, this questionable stuff. So what I'll do first is if I... What we'll do is... It's about an hour long. I don't expect us to go through it all. Um, but one of the things I did with mine um, last time was I would follow it through if he mentions oh we're going to go into this scripture i would stop open up the scripture um read it through in this context if i knew anything about the like the behind the scenes stuff i'd add that to it then um i'd see where they take it and then see whether it's the same um and if there's anything that kind of like um stood out then it's like okay well how does this marry up to scripture and things like that um so yeah, I'm not expecting us to to do everything um, tonight. It might be a part two, a part three thing, because there's more of us. So you guys might be being more seasoned, might spot things that I don't. Um, but what we'll do is we'll we'll scroll on through with this, and then we'll see how we get on. Because um, I guess one of the few questions I had initially before we start. Um, is by definition, what would you consider a good sermon? I guess if we're all looking for the same thing, at least then it makes that, that a little bit easier. Is that a question you're asking us, Rich? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Sorry. <laughs> what makes a good sermon? Yeah. Well. <laughs> I well, okay. Uh, it has to be scriptural. Okay. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. That I totally agree with. Alfred, have you got anything to share? Or Yeah, of course, it has to be scriptural, um, as Parmvi and yourself agree. And also, you know, it, if, we, if we say, okay, a good sermon also, the person delivering it must also... Um, deliver it i think in a way that is um that honors god yeah so it's not just what is said but is is the person um that's delivering it are they honoring god so basically um the singer and the song if you like the preacher and the word are interlinked yeah um you know so that um the person a good sermon um i think deeds and word must match so jesus preached the best sermons because he he lived what he preached so 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 um so i i would say sermon is more than just the word you know I, of course the words and the what is being said is the sermon but the, uh, the, the 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 messenger also needs to um um i think if we're gonna say good sermon um I think um, the person delivering it should have, you know, some godly attributes about them. Um, you know, either, I mean, of course, we don't know people people's background unless they confess it or unless we know them. But let me let me just, if I put it simply, um, there are attitudes in delivering the word of God, and there are some attitudes that um, that that that. Uh, 
you know, are not so um, biblically um, um, it's almost like, you know, Jesus had tried the spirit and that's again, what I'm getting at. And the, the spirit is the person, if you like, delivering it, their attitude, their behavior, their approach, their mindset that you're able to, to um, extract from them as they deliver this, the, the sermon. So, so that, that might be a little bit more of a tricky one, but I think with discerning mind and heart, we can um, delve into people's psyche as they deliver a message. You can, you can tell sometimes if people are boastful, if you know or whatever and if those things those people um they become like um flies in the apothecary's oil if you ointment if you see what i mean so no no i agree i agree um and i think everything you mentioned is probably going to be a very good um baseline for what we come to find out in this in this seminar um <clears throat> there's, one, there's one more point reese um well, a couple of points. One is, if it does it appeal to the flesh or to the spirit? Mm -hmm. When I say the spirit, the spirit of the listener, yeah? I don't mean the Holy Spirit. And that's the third point is, does the spirit of God bear witness to the words that are being said? Mm -hmm. Because if they come from him, we should be able to discern automatically by the Holy Spirit. If we are tuned to the Holy Spirit, we should be able to discern that these words are sent by God, sent from God. And sometimes people foolishly preach from their flesh. Sometimes they might have the right message. They add their own bit to it. But sometimes it is a, a, a false spirit. It is a, a demonic spirit. It can be a destructive spirit that is actually delivering the message, but disguised in a fleshly way, which those who are looking for that kind of message will actually not be able to tell the difference. Mm. No, no, I, no, I agree with that as well. Um, yes, I think, I think in line with what Brother Paramvir said, you know, uh, the people listening to the, um, the sermon, you know, in a sense, you know, there is a sense of physician heal thyself. You know, if the patient um, coming to the physician is not prepared to have that mindset to to discern uh, to somewhat you know and it's interesting that you're talking about the Berians tonight because 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 there is a responsibility on i'm gonna say on because because you mentioned that it's the young people that presented you with this particular scenario and the young people they're not just coming out of the world they're people who have been walking around church i suspect they're people who have been with us probably 5 10 15 years probably grown up in church so there is responsibility on them also to um to to to, to weigh up what they're hearing you know and and to and to and to divorce themselves from trendy ideas you know, they, young people know trendy ideas. As a matter of fact, Brother Reese, um, the fact that you asked that, I I wrote down here um, when you when you first um, introduced this. I said, well, you know, it would be good to have the youth tell us first what they think about the sermon and why they have the particular views that they have. And the reason why I suggest that is because they can weary you, Reese. Um, and, and 
and Emily. And I, I tell you, they will not weary me because I, I have gone to, I've been through um, this old scenario, um, you know, um, and I will always put things back into people's court. Why do you say this, Reese? Why do you believe that? You have listened to this thing and you're promoting it. Now you gotta justify why you're promoting it. What is it, what is in it that appeals to you? What is in it that um, that ties up and tally up with the scriptures that you have open in front of you? Or, or are you following the person or are you trying to follow God? If you're trying to follow God, you that is bringing me this, um, this, um, this man, you should have a view on the man yourself. Why you accept him, why you believe him, and it can't just be because you got to have a reference point. And the only reference point, whether it be the Bishop of the Church of God of Prophecy, the only reference point that we have. Forget People talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is only a reference point if you know the Holy Spirit, that, that, that it is him that is speaking. And a lot of people that speaks and say the Spirit, the Spirit, believe you me. It is not the Holy Spirit. It is a spirit of self or whatever else. It's not many people speak and say the spirit, the spirit. It is not the spirit, you know. So because the spirit of God, he works 100 million percent with the word of God that mm -hmm. is delivered to us. You know, he doesn't, you know, I can't just go half on a tangent and say the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. You have no reference then. The Bible, the scriptures, the word of God is our reference to keep us grounded. You know, and um, and outside of that, people make a lot of noise when they talk about the spirit, and we, everybody will be everybody will be doing their own thing be, be, then, because a million people will talk about a million spirits. You know, it it's a little bit like um, you know, I'm sorry for strain a little bit. It's a little bit like some years ago in the general in our general assembly, um, we had when we were having the change of the guards with new 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 overseers. Um, you know one person would come up and say, the, the spirit tells me this. That's it, this man is supposed to be the next overseer. And that he's, he's making a claim that the spirit of God has told him. Another person comes up and say, the spirit of God has told me this. Another different person should be overseer. One of them, at least, probably both of them, because probably the, the one who should be the overseer probably is not in those two camps, you know. But one of them, at least, is a false lying mouth, you know, and, you know, um, being motivated by their own emotion and whatever, you know, and they're not speaking as oracles of God. And so, you know, the point I'm making here, the young people who listen to these guys, they must justify why they want to believe them as opposed to something else. And the only way that they can justify it is not by their own internal mechanism, but by the word of God that they have to read or to listen to, where if they use these audio, whatever, you know, um, they need to have reference point and they need to tell you why they believe these things. Otherwise, my dear brother, they will weary you with much mm -hmm. questioning, with much circular questioning. You know, they need to be tied down, you know, tie me down. If I say I don't believe this, tie me down. Why? Oh, I just... I just don't believe it. No, that's not good enough. Why? Who are you to say you don't believe it? Where's your reference? Who are you? Are you the creator of some some idea, some philosophy? You know, I you know, why don't you believe it? It's got to come back to I they either accept the Bible or they accept the man. They're either following the scripture or they're following a man. Does no, that make sense? Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. Um 
because that's the, that's the sort of standard I have with myself. So like if somebody's going to say, oh, Reese, you believe this. Why do you believe it? So I'm not going to say, oh, just because I believe it. Like I will give you all the research and the study and, you know, the observations and the comparing of um, scripture and stuff behind why I believe what I believe. So at least then you can say at the end, it's like, okay, I don't agree, but at least I know you've done your work behind it rather than to say, I just believe because like the epistemology is, oh yeah, because I just like this person or I was just told this is what I need to believe. I I can't, it's kind of like working out your salvation with fear and trouble. I kind of need to take responsibility for the things I hold on to and to work out whether they're consistent with scripture and to see like all how all that works. So that's probably why um, I dig so deep because it's like, I want to make sure that everything I believe is consistent with scripture and I will continually regularly check to make sure that why I believe what I believe, I'll see what the counter arguments are to see whether I've, you know, I've strayed from scripture or I've interpreted it wrong and things like that. Mm-hmm. I find that very beneficial for myself. So at least then, well, it is a proper, it's not only, it's beneficial for you, but it is the proper approach. Mm. You know, um, you need to bounce things off other people, you know. Uh, li- li- listen, if, if you, if God call you up into the mountain like he did with Moses, I would suggest you don't need to bounce nothing off nobody because those are, those, those are very, very unique things. Or like the Apostle Paul, God call him up, I, Jesus said, I will tell you what to do. You know, you don't need to bounce anything off anybody in those circumstances. But those people, anybody who's coming and pretending to be Moses or the Apostle Paul, they need to tell you where, they, they, need, to, they, they need to tell you a lot, a, a lot more about themselves and mm-hmm. where they're coming from, what they heard and what God said, you, you know, were they under psych, psychedelic drug or whatever else, you know. Uh, you, you know, um, so, so so we know Moses. That's why I love what the what the devil said to said to the, the sons of Sceva. Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. And if Moses was there, let's say Moses, we know. But who are you? And so these people who come, we need to question them very very strongly. Who are you? Who give you authority? But you know, just like all those scribes and Pharisees questioned Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? And mm. it wasn't just what he was doing; it was also what he was saying. You know, by what authority do you do these things? And Jesus said, well, you know, since you appear and think that you know something and that you are able to validate me, let me ask you, first of all, you know, something before you valid, before you think you have ascended to Mount Mount Zion to validate me, let me ask you, let me valid, let me ask you something to see if you're qualified to validate me. The baptism of John the Baptist, what was it? Was it of man or was it of God? Now, you can't, brother, one brother used to say, ABC is teaching us ABC. You know, that Jesus is saying, yes, before you sort of want to know higher principle, let me go down to hurt the principle. The baptism of John, can you, can, are you equipped to say whether it was of God or man? Now, 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 of course, they, they knew what he, they knew that John was of God, but they, but they, 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 they didn't like his message, you know. So they, so they said, well, we can't answer you. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But so that's the thing is, when people want to come and challenge you, so well, okay, um, you know, it, it's just very simple. What we're dealing with here is very, very simple, very similar um, concept to somebody who's done a piece of research on, I don't know. And the coronavirus, the proper research on the coronavirus, for example, you know, and 
and, and, and the person has gone into their laboratory, they've done their PhD on it, they've done their thesis on it, they've studied it, they've studied, you know, thousands of thousands of um, patients on it and whatever else, and they've tested it really, really proper, proper rigorous test. Now, when they come and present their, their, their findings to people and people challenge it, the question to ask those people who are challenged, what qualifies you to challenge me who have spent hundreds of hours with the right equipment and, and, and resource and everything and finding, and now I present to you my findings that is traceable you and reference, you know, who are you? Now that person challenging, they got to have some, they got to have some serious information um, they might have been done, they have got to say, well, I have been doing my counter research as well on, uh, you know, and so therefore I'm challenging you. But if they have not gone through that kind of a process, the only reasonable way that they can challenge is if they have some divine revelation from God, you know, and, um, and so that's what I'm saying. So people need to be challenged. You know, I need to be challenged. If I say something, I need to be challenged. And, 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 and the, the idea is you should, you you should you should be prepared to prove me wrong and that's what they tried to do and they could not do and when you can't prove somebody wrong all you have to do is like what those brethren did with Stephen they shut their ears and and murdered him you know mm -hmm. that's what the Bible said they stopped their ears in other words they can't they can't challenge him he is he has confounded them he has stopped their tongue they can't, that's what Jesus did. They couldn't, they couldn't um, overturn his wisdom and, and, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the um, revelation that Nicodemus came out with. That's a, we know. And these are the scribes and Pharisees. Nicodemus is speaking from for them. He says, we know that you're a teacher sent from God. Why? Because we are not stupid. The things that you do, no man can do except God be with him. You know, and so they, that's the confession they're making. So we need to challenge people, challenge one another. That's what the Bible tells us. We try the spirit. I am a spirit. You're a spirit, Reese. Emily, you're a spirit. And Paramvir, you're a spirit. Whatever we say, we need to challenge. Why? Not because we don't like you, but or because you don't like me. It's because we want, as you were saying initially, Brother Reese, you want to do the things which are right in the sight of God. You're approaching this thing with fear and trembling because... To get it wrong, there is a significant consequence to get it wrong. Mm. Could I just add something to that, if I might? Um, yeah, sure. One of the reasons why the COVID um, pandemic caused such fear and panic was because of the media uh, input, if you like, you know, the media control of information and the dissemination of information was completely done by non-scientists. And those who claimed to be scientists couldn't be challenged because they didn't allow anybody to challenge them. There was no debate. There was no challenge. There was no uh, peer review. You know, peer review in science is so critical. It's one of the founding principles of science that if you have any research, other, it will be scrutinized by your peers, your team, your team's boss, their bosses. It can go all the way globally to around the world. When I worked for some of the science companies, any, they had peer review up to global level. Yeah. And that was shut down. Now, in terms of deception in the minds of young people or any, it doesn't have to be young people, anybody who's deceived by these false teachers, you have to question, is it the same principle that's being used as was used in COVID? 
that you know there was no um it was a one-way unilateral kind of uh, informational service that was given to the public so sometimes these uh, are designed in such a way that young people or young minds are naive christians maybe or people looking for something seem to gravitate towards it so my problem is this yeah we can discern by the spirit and from the word of god just by simple study and prayer and ask god to reveal to us you know but here's the problem what if those have been shut down what if those uh debates have been shut down what if those um what's the word safeguards have been put to the back or they've not been brought forward especially by leadership or pastors or churches not teaching this yeah mm. then they expose the young sheep they expose new christians mm. to these doctrines mm. if this is such a massive concern pastors should be alarmed mm. they should be speaking to their congregations that this man is a false teacher don't listen to him yeah now you could mm. listen and maybe try because sometimes you tell people not to listen they go ahead and listen to it yeah mm. but look at what paul says he actually brought up these heretics that were in the church he named them he explained their doctrines yeah. he said this is what they're teaching that the resurrection has happened already and they're causing the faith of some to fall and he's advising his pastors to to stand up stand up and tell the people to be sober tell them to be on the alert so the problem is we don't have that mm. we have allowed we have uh the mind is just open to anything that's going on in the internet there is no safeguard there is no pastoral directive or over um what's the what's the correct word uh overseership yeah mm. maybe um what does peter's yeah what peter says you know that they you they're supposed to guard over the souls but sad to say i'm not seeing that if young people are listening to stephen fertic and taking it seriously then those pastors have failed and you know something as well brother reese for primary sister emily is that and i know that some people we we are very um we're so godly that we're afraid to show things up show things up for what it is you know and unfortunately we believe that we are showing people up no we are showing up the false doctrine to be false however if i hold on to that false doctrine and make it my psyche then showing it up and me up makes it's no different because i have absorbed it as me you know so we are afraid sometimes of showing um, people up but i tell you Jesus was not afraid of showing people up because if the people hold on to the thing you become it it's it, you you are you are the you are the conveyor of it you know the apostle paul was not was not was not afraid of showing up um demons or whoever they be alexander the coppersmith or whatever to to be who they were they were the propagator they were the they were the um the orchestrators they were the professors of those false doctrine they were the promoters of it so them and the thing are almost one and the same they probably are the one who, who who were the originators of those doctrine you know so um you know so so um we are afraid because it sounds in some of our minds like it's unchristian to tell a man that he's wrong 
or to show him that he's teaching something that is conflicting and contrary to the word of God, mm. you know, because we feel that we're attacking that person. But I tell you, I, you know, let, let me hold back my peace because I don't have no such qualms myself personally. Whoever opposes the word of God, and if God has given me the word, he also opposes me. And that's how the apostle Paul looked at it. He didn't say the word of God on one side. It was the apostle Paul. He was an ambassador of the word of God. He was, that's why um, Jude tells us we should contend for it. Contend means fight, strive, fight, defend, you know, um, defend it. And, you, you know, so, so one of the things, you know, you notice Jesus, when Jesus is talking about the devil, Jesus, Jesus destroys the reputation of the devil. He calls him a liar. You know, he shows him to be the father of lie, the evil one. And I tell you, probably sometimes we need to dig into the lifestyle of some of these false teachers and show them up to be the corrupt people they are. Alas, if they can also look into our lifestyle and find great gaping um, holes in our behavior as well, you know, then we become poor examples, poor lights, poor salt for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're called to be light. So, so, so we, we, you know, so we, we, um, we, we, that's why sometimes we can make the word of God as the apostle Paul, I believe it is of no effect, you know, which mm. seems strange, but it's true because that's what I'm saying. The preacher and the word, they, 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 they work in tandem. That's the way that God does it. That's why he would say, whoever receives a, a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, we shall not lose his reward. A prophet in the name of a prophet, whatever. Uh, you know, we need to, we need to, we we need to look a little bit more and stop feeling oversensitive about people. I will rip the mouth of the lion to deliver the kid. Mm. We 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 slay the lion. Jesus said to the scribe and Pharisees. You have made your own decision and choice by your, by your own confession that you're not going into heaven, but you are preventing those who would go in from going in. And it's you that I'm fighting against to deliver the sheep out of your mouth. And so it is. These false prophets that you speak about, Reese, especially this man, they're building up their, they're building up their reputation. They're building up their, their critical mass around them. You know, listen. They're building up their community, their ecosystem, you know, because what they're going to do, they're going to sell their books. I have 27,000 people, you have 27,000 people in your arena, and you're going to write a book and sell that book. That is not 27,000 people, you know, that multiply that. Everybody have a connection, mm -hmm. multiply that and multiply that. You know, that is what this is all about, you know. To have a yeah, great. To have a, yeah, to have a following of one is no good. You need a mass following. It's a little bit like Google or Twitter or Facebook, they got the following, they got the mass, they can, they can manipulate people because they got the following, they got the critical number of people to, to, to promote their adverts or whatever else. I'd just like to add to that if I, if I can. Um, we agree that they want to, they, that Jesus said that false teachers, you know, and Paul tells us, Peter tells us, Jude tells us, John tells us, their main aim is greed and to get a following, yeah, to draw disciples away, to draw disciples away from, from who? From the right path, from Jesus. Now, 
here's what I'm struggling with, yeah? If, think of like our bodies, yeah? If a disease or a foreign um, entity comes in, yeah? Something foreign comes in, we have a detection system. It's really sharp. You know, I'm going back to the coronavirus, yeah? You know, you, you have a, a detection system built inside your body. Think of the church like that, yeah? The church uh, should have a detection, so has a detection system, yeah? So you have, uh, you have certain types of cells in your body that can detect um, something foreign coming in. And what they do is they can mark for destruction or they can engulf. It's called phagocytosis, yeah? So what we have in the body is a, doesn't seem to bear, the, uh, doesn't seem to, be, to work like that. Now, Pastor, you mentioned about um, people are afraid to challenge people, yeah? yeah? You notice that in the Corinthian church, when fornication took place, they became puffed up thinking they were so holy, yeah. they could actually somehow show the love of Christ by being so forgiving and, and, and almost just ignoring what happened, how tolerant they were. They yeah. ended up in sin. Yes. And there is, on the one extreme, churches that do not want, people, Christians, leaders do not want to challenge because it makes them look bad. You know, and I did mention last week when I was talking that conflict is inevitable. If people think we can hide in the kingdom of heaven without conflict, they are fooling themselves. This is not that kind of vocation where people can hide. Um, a bit like The Apprentice, where Lord Sugar goes after those who think, he goes for them first, those who think they can hide behind the rest. Uh, and, and Brother Parambir, you know, he, that, that tension uh, that you're talking about that exists and must exist, you know, it, the best family, even in Christian circle, as you have five or four siblings, even wife and husband, there is tension because everybody, everybody thinks they know right or everybody thinks they're going in the right way. And therefore, daddy, mommy, hold a brother, hold a sister, are gonna, are gonna, the tension's gonna be there because people are being reined in, being corrected, being, you know, you know, being prevented from going on a particular angle or whatever. You know, this that is by itself tension, you know. Mm. And um, there was tension amongst the disciples. There was tension among the apostle Paul and the rest of the rest of the, um, the, the apostles, you know, until they begin to see that they were all on the same side and all having the same um, promoting the same thing, you know, there was tension. And so and so um, when the apostle Paul was when the Lord God Almighty revealed certain things to the apostle Paul that he did not reveal to others that created tension until they saw until they come and recognize and reconcile that it is God that's talking to the apostle Paul, you know, um, then the tension goes, you know, because they're, now they're of the same mind. Now they're, 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 they're about the same thing, you know, so tension is, we, 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 uh, we love, you know, unfortunately in our churches, we, um, we don't like tension because, because you know why we don't like it sometimes is because, okay, why, why I might not like tension. I, I hope to God that I will, destroy that spirit of not liking it you know um because um because let's say i take i take it personally so when and um, say um brother alfred you said 
A, B, C, D was what Jesus said. But I have found the scripture that says that, no, Jesus did not say that. You know, um, I, the reason why I don't like that is because I am taking the thing personally rather than seeking truth. I am seeking my own ego. Um, I'm protecting my ego. In other words, I am I am using myself as the measurement as opposed to the scripture. And so it's me that Reese is offending, and 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 not the word of God. You know, uh, you, you know, and um, and and so that's where that's where it is. Sometimes we're afraid of tension, and I've always said it, and I still re retain it, and I say it on this platform, and I think probably Reese will will publish this platform, and I will say it openly because I have no no qualms. I believe sincerely that um, you know. Um, People, we, we, we believe sometimes when we are in discussion that um, the, the pastor or the bishop or the overseer have the last word on, on, some, on, some, um, on some biblical thing. And I'm going to say, no, they do not have the last word on anything that is spiritual. The person that has the last word is the person that God is speaking to. And that could be a seven-year-old Samuel. Yeah, that's the person who have the last word. You, you know, because you can have a whole king, a whole overseer who has stopped hearing, stop listening to the voice of God, and probably is more concerned about keeping an artificial um, peace and an artificial oneness. You know, uh, our unity, artificial unity. You know, um, so, 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 so the person with the who has the final say. Is the prophet who declared, thus said the Lord, you know, or thus said the word of God. That's the person who has the last word, not the overseer, not the pastor, not the deacon, not the bishop, not the evangelist, you know, the person who is hearing from God. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And I think that probably allows us to, um, hopefully we can carry that through into scratching the surface on the, on this sermon, hopefully. Um, like I said, yeah, I've not watched it myself. I've only seen like a 60 second clip and it was not, um, it didn't have a lot of context, so I couldn't push it neither here or there. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like for people listening, like it's kind of what you mentioned. It's this is not a mudslinging thing on character or anything like that. It's very much a thing of is the word of God being handled correctly by this person who is in the limelight? That's literally the only thing that concerns me. Um, I think his fruit shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, certainly, certainly. Um, but it's just like there will be people who think, oh, you've got an ulterior motive. You're doing this and doing that. You think so highly of yourself. It's like, no, no, it's yeah, I, I generally. So our main concern for me is like these pe people are sitting in the pews of this and I would like to hope that they are receiving the words as clear and as consistent um, as they need to have it done applicably. And, I've, and it's even more apparent in churches that don't do this. It's like, well, how do they apply this to their lives? They don't. So, so okay, so, um, but then these sorts of people get promoted on social media, so just well, okay. So if the, the people who are in their midst aren't benefiting from this, but they're popular, how are those who are viewing this thing and think it's great 
benefiting from it also. So I'm hoping that at least um, going into this, people might begin to wonder, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe these things I need to look out for, or, I mean, you know, if we speaking or whatever, these are the things I can maybe like touch on to you, it may be beneficial. So, well, yeah, because I would want you guys to, to guard me from error and things like that. And, you know, I want to, to grow, guys to grow in knowledge and to grow spiritually, but then I can't do that in a very slapdash fashion. So, um, so yeah, because, yeah, people might think it's all because, you know, you're not as popular and stuff. You're just mudslinging on these guys. Like, no, no, there's people out there who generally have a care for making sure that the word of God is being handled correctly because it's, it's his word that allows us to grow, um, to learn things, to... And, and Brother Reese, yeah. so, sorry, sorry to butting there, butting there. But um, now, um, now, when you say mudslinging, for example, right, um, you know, listen, um, if you want to prove that somebody is not, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to qualify what I'm saying here, if you want to prove that somebody is not eligible for a particular office, is is not, um, you know, that they, um, they, they're purporting and claiming to be a qualified doctor of medicine that's going to do brain surgery. But you know that that person is not qualified to do brain surgery. And that person, even though that person might have passed some exam to do it, but you know them in a personal capacity that they have issues that they're going to, that they cannot be they cannot do a proper brain surgery on people for whatever reason. Now, mudslinging is not um, exposing the, exposing that person to be unfit for the job. You know, that's not must mudslinging. You know, you know. Um, so, so these people who are purporting to be listen, what happened to Rabbi Zachariah um, there, right? Uh, Rabbi um, Zachariah there, sir. You know, to expose his behavior and his vulnerability and his weakness. That was not mudslinging. That is protecting the vulnerable people. You know, so it might, so, so sometimes you got, sometimes if a man repent is one thing, but if you're still holding on to your bad behavior, you got to be exposed, you know, and it's you and, and it's your behavior. It's your lifestyle that's been exposed to say you are not fit for purpose. You are not fit for the office that you're that you're, you're you're standing in. So so we need to so you know we need to be very careful when people class you and what you are doing as mudslinging. You need to be able to be in a position to say no. When a man tell you that you're homophobic, don't accept that. You don't hate no homo homosexual person. You you detest. You find their behavior repulsive. You find that they've strayed away from God's principles. But as human beings, you don't hate them. You're not going to stone them or anything like that. But you do not 100 million percent agree, accept, will not succumb, yield, hold hand up and say they're OK. No, you know, but that don't make you that don't make you homophobic. Right. But, mm -hmm. uh, but that's what people call you homophobic. So we got to defend and say, no, 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 you don't understand what homophobic is. You don't understand what mud slinging is. We're not slinging any mud. We're protecting vulnerable people who are susceptible to fall into this trap of these the, the, these false teachers, you know. And and one of the ways sometimes to do it when when they hold onto their false doctrine, you got to expose them for who they are, you know. They're charlatans, they're robbers, 
There are people who enter into, into, into homes and lead away silly women, as the Apostle Paul say, you know, um, you know they, 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 they look for vulnerable people, you know. Um, sometimes you got to go back into their history, you know, to find out what motivates them to do what they do. Have, if they've left their history behind, we don't need to go and dig. If a man repent of his history, but if a man using his, his uh, upbringing, his experience, exploits, his evil exploits to promote what he's doing today, then those evil exploits needs to be, um, you need to say, who is his disciple? Where's he coming from? Who taught him? Who gave him his philosophy? Where did he get his philosophy from? What, you know, what, what was it? And then that's, you know, we need to, we need to expose people, you know, just like the apostle Paul, apostle Paul would declare, he says, look, I'll tell you where I'm coming from. He's telling us his history. He says, I am a Hebrew of Hebrew born in the tribe of Benjamin. I was schooled under Gamaliel. He, he's using references for himself now. So, so if, 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 if I am a disciple of Adolf Hitler, that is my reference. That's where I get my teaching from. That's where I get my philosophy from. And those things may need to be exposed, you know, if those are, if those are the things that I'm using to, um, to brainwash, to deceive, to destroy people. My background needs to be brought under the table, under the armor, yeah? Mm. Of course, if I've repented, and mercy on me, you know, forget, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look for nobody who's repenting. But if I'm, if I am, if I'm using, uh, if I, if I'm doing things that I, if you, people are doing things that we feel is wrong, we need to have a look at their background and see where they're coming from, why they're doing what they're doing, you know, and 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 why we're we doing it. Sometimes when people, when you cause those false teachers to lose reputation, brother Reese, because remember that, you know, is not them doctrine those young folks are following is them because they are popular. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you when 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 you destroy the person who is the popular person, that's when the people fall away from them. You know, so, um, so I'm not I'm not I'm not suggesting that, that, we, that we, we're destroying people. I'm, I'm only interested in false teachers, by the way, you know, and false teachers. I'm not. False teachers are not just people who make a little heroin or come up and say, oh, you, you, you quote something wrong or you said something wrong. That's not a false teacher. A false teacher is one who teaches, teaches things. Not, not, it's not a one-off thing. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's um, you know, you, 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 you're like a psychoanalyst. That's your, that's your discipline. That's your particular um, school of thought that you are promoting. You're a Darwinian. You know, um, you know, that's what you believe in and that's what you're promoting. It's your lifetime. It's, it's your energy. It's what you believe. It's what you want to believe. It's what you want people to believe that we evolve. And so that's your doctrine. You know, so that's what that's what we're saying is those people that we're, we're we want to expose for. Why do we want to expose them? So that people who trust them might not trust them. Mm, I agree. And I guess we, well, it says on here that we're reaching the one hour mark. I guess if anything we can yeah. log back in. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I've, it it runs indefinitely. Okay. <laughs> um, but I guess we can use the next portion of the time to see how far we can go with this. I'm not expecting to go for the entire hour. And what you can do, though, brother Reese, is what you did so nicely last time in the in the first podcast that I came on. You really um, you, and this one that me and you and Emily, I think, was on. I don't know if Parmvir was on it, you know, and um. You, the way that you chopped that up and you um because it was it was long but you didn't put it all in you sort of chopped it up neatly and we were hearing like 
bite size um this and that. that that was very nice i was very impressed with that one oh yeah i haven't bothered doing stuff like that since <laughs> just because the, the process in making sure it's got all of that in as well. you need assistance yeah yeah oh. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, you know what, I'll I'll just, I'll rather than try and pick things off, I thought, you know, I'll just keep it as a block, but then break it up. But I don't know, I might bring it back in, I might bring it back in, because it's doable, but it's, you, yeah. You see, if, 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 I, if, I, if I was a millionaire, uh, Reese, you know what I would do? What's that? I'd employ you full time to do this thing. <laughs> and, and in so doing, you, you, you'd rope in other churches, because this is, they, they, I, I think, um, I don't know, I, I know one other person who... Well, two people. I know that there's um, Peter Sutcliffe, um, but he does a little bit differently because he um, he doesn't do it 100% by himself. He, he he ropes other people in from time to time. I understand. But Gary Graham, he mm. every day he does a podcast of, of he's been going through the whole Bible, you oh, know, wow. uh, book by book. He's going through the whole scripture, you know. And I was supposed to be listening to him today, you know. Um, but um, but, but I've, I've heard his sermons as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, and um, and and so what you're doing, brother Reese? I mean, I say if there was resource, I would say Reese, give up your job, man. I say you got a ten-year contract here, you know. Or, or if I have the resource, it's a fault. It's until you, it's until you retire, man, and expand mm -hmm. it, make it bigger. Let's get the word of God being in discussion. Let people understand the word of God because we people will not, young people will not understand the word of God unless it's discussed and 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 talked about and shown up and and researched and proved to be valid and and and, and true and that not everything that purports to be the word of God is the word of God. It cannot be because it you know. So we need we need some we need somebody to to really really take this mantle here and. You know, I am, I am, I am old and gone. You know, so so you are young, young, young and young and healthy. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Younger. I don't and, know about and, you. And, and, and Emily has a young mind as well. You know, Emily has a young mind. Where's Emily? Emily not saying anything. Emily, talk to us. Are you marking papers, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not marking papers. I'm here listening. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what I'll do is if Yeah, I'll start this video. Um I'm just having a look to see if there's any fluff at the start I can overlook. Um Okay, the first few minutes it said you need to hear from God. Elephant nice comes out, ignore that bit. Uh oh, I can see the scriptures yeah. he's going into. Okay. Just go to the scriptures he's using. That might be better, you know. Okay. That's his interpretation um, and we can we can do an exegesis and uh, exegesis and take him on. No, yeah, sure, uh, no problem. I will. I'll think. This no, is I, 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 I can begin to see why the young people follow him. He's handsome. <laughs> seriously, seriously, young people now follow a whole foggy like me. Exactly. It's the look. It's the clothes, and it's and his good look. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> see, no. that, that's the set. That's the very reason. His look is the very reason why I've never listened to him. I just think now people who look like that are, you know, it appeals to the flesh. First sign number one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, see, this is an area because uh, I sent a video of Justin Peters critiquing a particular thing, and he pointed out that um, in this particular sermon, Stephen Furtick was wearing a tight, like he goes to the gym a lot, like he's almost like Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth at this point, but like he's he's wearing like a 
um, a tight T-shirt and just in pieces to mention that, but that was taken um, with disrepute. Thinking, oh, you know, he's making, you know, making like Justin Peters is um, to some degree disabled. So it's like, okay, so oh, you know, is he being jealous? It's like, no, no, like you have, you kind of have to take into, um, cause, like I don't particularly take into consideration the things that are being worn, but um, it is quite noticeable how this guy has gotten so big over the past ten years. Because he was probably like a little bit more um, more fleshed out than I was ten years ago. Now he's growing a beard. He's obviously like he's forty odd now, uh, forty odd now. But the guy's like ripped to to the absolute hills. And I guess if you got time to do it, you can do it. But it was made mention that oh, you know, he's growing in size, but he's wearing particular clothing to make him almost like grow that size. That wasn't taken very well. So it's a case of like oh well, can I take everything else this person says as credibility? I was like okay. That's what I kind of took the stance of. I'll focus on the doctrine first and then all the secondary stuff can follow on after. But it's not it's not the first time that someone's mentioned this. <laughs> I will put that in. It's not the first time that someone's mentioned his appearance in amongst everything else. Um, so I'll, do, so I'll pull it forward to hopefully when he finishes talking about this Elevation Nights thing. But then um, he's mentioning Ruth 4 verses 9 to 17 and 5 to 32. So I'll try and pull those out, but I'll I'll let him at least start talking while I try and find it. I wish we could have this conversation just one-on-one -on -one from the Word of God today. Um, that would be ideal because I could walk you through it a little different, but we'll have to do the best we can with just all of us. And I want to take you to the book of Ruth, chapter 4, verse 9 through 17. want to say what's up to Taylor Scheidel. Okay, I'm literally just going to pause it there because I'm. <laughs> I don't want him to run too far ahead without me um, having the uh, nine to seventeen to nine. So, yes, a, a good thing I could do now is, um, with regards to Ruth, and for those who are listening, do you want to shed any um, any light into? Like the context of Ruth. Well, it depends on what he's going to be saying. Well, I mean, in terms of like um, the, um, well, to be fair, looking at it on this, it's put down as the the genealogy, the genealogy, genealogy. Yes, thank you, of David. Um, so I guess there's something here, yeah, but. Um, because he's looking at 9 to 17. So he's... No. So it's Ruth chapter 4. Yeah, Ruth chapter 4 versus yeah, Ruth 9. Chapter 9 to 17, yeah. I can't see them. I can see 7. 7. 9. Okay, then Boaz said to the elders of the people, your mom witnesses to this day that I've brought the man, uh, brought from the hand of Naomi and belong uh, all that belong to ugh, Elimelech. Elimelech? Yeah. On all that belonged to Shion and Malon. Malon. Yeah. Um, also, Ruth the Moabite and uh, the, the widow of Mahalon. I have brought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. And in the name of the dead, uh, that the name of the dead might not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. Your mom witnesses this day. Um, 
then all the people who were at the gate um, and at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses, may the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May your act, may act worthily in, oh goodness me, Ephrathath, Ephrath, Ephrath, and be uh, renowned in Bethlehem, and may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, "Blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a redeemer." Um, and his name may be renowned in Israel. You shall. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, whom loves you, who is more to you than the seven sons, he has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and, be and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. The father, um, he was the father of... Jesse, father of David, and he goes on with the genealogies after that. Okay, so uh, you'll be interested to see where he goes with that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Let's see where he goes. I apologize for cutting things off as we are warming up into the actual sermon. Um, I hope you can appreciate it because essentially once we get going there is no real fine way to stop it without losing something or losing momentum so I thought it might be wise to at least leave it at this point so then we can at least when we jump in with both feet we can go right to the the very hot wheel but do join us for the next episode it is being edited right now um, and being uploaded so there's not going to be that much of a wait um, like I said, it's a three-part series, and we've still got other episodes that need to drop through. So um, it'll certainly be pushed on. And just to let you know that this is not the end. Uh, there's a little bit more, or say a lot more, that um, we can dig into with this one, as time allows. So um, it won't be the end. It might run almost like a midweekly thing amongst everything else, because of how much there is to draw from this with all the people who are present. So. I hope that at least this episode has whet your appetite for the next one. And until the next one, take care and God bless.